Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Eric Seidel about 2022 hiring trends. Eric Seidel, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thank you. Great to be here. Yeah, it's great to have you. I'm excited to explore hiring trends with you. And today we're going to be exploring Modern Hire's new 2022 hiring trends report. As we get started, I wanted to share Eric's bio with everybody. Eric Seidel oversees all research and product innovation initiatives at Modern Hire, including the data science-focused labs team. He is passionate about applying machine learning and deep learning in particular, to candidate data to more effectively match candidates with career opportunities. Eric is highly motivated to show the power of these new AI-based technologies and guide them to ensure they benefit individuals as well as organizations. He writes extensively on and has spoken around the world on these topics. Eric previously served as Executive Vice President of Innovation at Shaker International, of which he was also a founder. He received a PhD in Industrial Organizational Psychology at the University of Akron and a Bachelor of Arts degree in Psychology at James Madison University. What a wonderful background. I'm excited to have the chance to chat with you. Anything else you would like to share with listeners before we dive on in? Uh, no, I think, I think you covered the high points there for sure. Well, very good. Um, so as we get started, why don't you tell us a little bit about Modern Hire uh, and in this new 2022 hiring trends report. I know you put one out last year as well, and we had a chance to chat about that. Um, give us a, kind of the, the thousand foot overview of really the impetus behind this report, uh, and then we can start to dive into details. Yeah. Great, sure. Yeah, well, thanks for having me on today and uh, great to chat with everyone. Um, you know, just in general, Modern Hire is a platform that enables science-based decisions about candidates, helps companies understand who to hire, uh, using science, using data, using analytics of various sorts. Differentiators, I think, about modern hire is that we have a lot of uh, psychologists, a lot of scientists on our team, um, approaching probably 50 or so um, PhD level psychologists and data scientists. So we are very, very focused on understanding data, on understanding candidate data and what it means in the hiring process. So um, you know, we're constantly studying big data sets and trying to understand what that data tells us and how we can use it to enable more effective, more fair hiring decisions. And we have a number of tools and things, um, virtual job tryouts, which are sort of uh, day in the life online simulations of jobs, um, as well as different types of online interview functionality, scheduling capabilities and things of that nature. Um, and so all of that generates a ton of data, which are uh, psychologists and data scientists like myself 
um, can just, it's like a, it's like a little sandbox for us of fun, um, fun data to explore and to do uh, research with. Yeah, I love that. And I'm not an IO psych guy, but I am an organizational sociologist uh, in OB uh, and, and, and leadership guy. And so, and I do a lot of research, um, you know, with big data sets as well, um, you know, in my own research stream at the university. And, and it's, it's a lot of fun. I, so I, I can relate to everything you're just saying. It's fun to get in there. It's fun to explore and to see what's there and to build models and, and to, to do all of that. So that's, that's fantastic. And I'm always a big fan of really evidence-based, research-based tools and approaches uh, it seems like there's plenty of kind of snake oil salesmen out there trying to sell stuff that's really not particularly well um, researched or well grounded in actual evidence. And I think they give the industry a bad name. So it's great when we have uh, really great data driven kinds of tools and assessments and such. Yeah, you do see, um, I always have thought that, you know, AI is great and, and there's certainly a ton of benefit to it. Um, but the marketing is like a decade ahead of the science on it. Um, and so there's tremendous, um, you know, advances and really revolutionary capabilities that we see it having um, in the science world. But somehow the marketing is even more ahead of that, you know, so um, and it doesn't need to be because the actual legit, you know, science is, is there and it's amazing. Um, so there's it's it's a fun time to be a researcher and to be able to you know, access a lot of data because AI is so powerful and it's so much more powerful than traditional tools, especially for, you know, understanding things like unstructured data, which is, you know, anything that's not a test, really, anything that's um, a verbal response or, um, you know, text um, information like a resume or whatever else. So it's a fun time. Yeah, excellent, excellent. And as I mentioned on the outset, I had you on last year. We talked about the the twenty twenty one through twenty twenty or the twenty twenty through twenty twenty one hiring trends. What uh, do you see? You know, what comes out in this new report as the biggest changes you've seen since then? Yeah, well, you know, in some ways, it sort of feels like Groundhog Day uh, in the trends prognostication world. I think, um, you know. I think like a year ago, we kind of expected that we'd be through the, the the worst part of the pandemic by now. And, you know, I don't think that's exactly panned out how we all expected. Um, so, you know, really the, the pandemic as an influencer of, you know, the HR world continues. It continues on. And um, last year, there were two primary influences, I think, on the state of the hiring world. One was the pandemic and all that that brings with it. And the other was AI and the continued influence and growth of AI in our space. And those both continue, I think, as the strongest influences this year. So, you know, the, the trends are sort of an evolution this, this time of what they were last year. We've learned a lot more about, you know, virtual work and uh, the influence of AI in the past year. And I think that, you know, the biggest aha for us now is that, you know, change and lack of predictability is the norm and especially in hiring that's the norm you know we've we've been in a world where there's a lot of scarcity of candidates that seems to be continuing but one of the keys um, for you know building a successful hiring operation these days is is uh, agility is being able to um, you know ramp up or ramp down various parts of the process to 
um, keep pace with whatever's going on in your candidate pool. And in a lot of areas right now, that's scarcity, but sometimes it's the opposite and it can change very quickly as well. So, you know, that seems to continue to be a really big and important thing is being agile um, in, in how you're hiring. And, you know, for all the time we spend talking about agility and hiring and about things like the candidate experience and, you know, revolutionizing your process with AI and everything, um, it's, it's a lot easier said than done. And there's a lot of companies that have not yet really gotten to that point of being able to, to handle that and, and make the best of the situation and use modern tools to do so. Yeah, yeah, that's super interesting. And you alluded to, I mean, certainly the pandemic is still here. We're in the middle of Omicron. It's it's still wreaking havoc. And, and uh, we, we're just wrestling with all of that and the machine learning AI revolution and, you know, just all of the, the disruptive technologies, all of that still influencing the, mm -hmm. the people management and talent space tremendously, uh, for sure. Uh, absolutely agree with all of that and, and uh, would encourage listeners to dig into the report to really find out more uh, detail on all of that. Um, one of the things that you mentioned, I'm super curious in, in diving deeper into is the the you know the shift during the pandemic towards virtual work and then we got into last fall and really the the conversation moved more towards hybrid work uh, what do you see in terms of that shift virtual you know from face to face to virtual and from virtual perhaps to hybrid how is that shift impacting hiring long term uh, and and how is automation playing into that Sure. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, I think when the pandemic first started um, and everybody went virtual, it was sort of um, something that was tolerated, but it wasn't the norm yet, you know, and I think over the past couple of years, we've sort of transcended that to where now virtual um, work is much more the norm. And, you know, will we continue to be virtual in the future? Probably. I think once you open that door, it's hard to shut it. Um, so it, it feels like to me, we're in a period now where, you know, virtual is reality and there's always going to be a need for people to be on site for certain jobs. And some of the time, I mean, virtual is probably not great for, uh, I mean, I've been virtual for years since well before the pandemic and, you know, there's downsides to it. I mean, I, I'm, I'm, you know, quite productive. I get a lot of focus time, et cetera. Um, but you miss the FaceTime and, you know, the casual conversations and that stuff is important too. So, you know, ideally, I think we're, we will be more of a hybrid sort of environment in the future. I think that's probably the best mix. Um, and that's what I think that we're seeing with a lot of our clients is virtual is now accepted, but, you know, where, where possible some sort of hybrid relationship or hybrid work style is, is best. Um, you know, and how that impacts hiring is interesting. I mean, certainly there's a need for more automated tools, but not just that, more virtual tools, you know, so that you don't have to go into a location to interview. And I mean, there's plenty of tools out there that can do that now. Um, you know, uh, online interviews are, you know, very predominant these days. We offer interviews at Modern Hire that can be done online, um, you know, same time as your, you can, you can interact with an interviewer or asynchronously, you can record an interview that the, the company can see later and things like that. So there's a lot of flexible technology there that's been very helpful in the pandemic. I think 
the automation piece that, that's coming in is very interesting because a few years ago, no one could process um, video data or audio data or really text you know, data that a person's typing open-ended using uh, statistical tools very well. You know, now I would say like two decades ago, you know, we were doing like keyword searches. So like, you know, you upload your resume and oh, if it has the word words results driven in it, then you get a point or something. Great. You know, so, and I think that you still see a lot of that sort of approach today, but deep learning and natural language processing can take that sort of thing a step further to really start to make sense of what's in the resume, not just some random keywords, right? That's not very sophisticated at the end of the day. And what's cool is that that same technology can do that on um, interviews, live interviews as well. Now, what we do at Modern Hire and, and over the past year, we've um, released a technology called automatic interview scoring, where we're using deep learning and natural language processing to make sense of what a person says during an interview and to score it for meaning. And I mean, that's, that's, that's crazy. You know, that was not possible five years ago. And it's basically the computer starting to understand what a person is saying. I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's pretty nuts, right? So that's an exciting thing. And I will, I do need to say that when we use that technology, what we do is we transcribe what a person says, and we just use the words they say in the transcription. We're not using the sound of their voice. We're not using the video, the, the, what they look like, what, the, you know, their facial, we're not using any of that information. And the reason is that that stuff is, um, filled, filled with bias, filled yeah. with bias. And um, so what we found is that just transcribing the words, scoring those against job rele relevant competencies is, is, works great, is tremendous. And it gives us, you know, excellent predictive capability. Those scores are meaningful in the hiring context. And they're almost uh, four times lower in uh, measures of bias than human ratings of those same responses would be. So double win, right? That's, that's fantastic. That's the potential of AI to help make hiring more predictive and fairer. And so that's, you know, that's what we're doing. We, um, you know, there are companies that are uh, doing facial recognition and analysis of a person's um, the voice, prosody, you know, what they sound like. And there certainly is a ton of data, you know, in those, in those um, mediums. But you know, in the hiring context, we have made the decision that we don't think it's appropriate. And um, we've really made the decision that we will only use information from a candidate that they consciously provide to us and that they want to be used in the hiring decision. And I don't know about you, but I mean, I do not want the size of my ears to be used <laughs> in a decision about whether I should be hired at my next job. You know, um, that's that's yeah. extraneous as far as I'm concerned. So Check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us. than indigo leadership, the journey of becoming a truly remarkable leader. 
Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb that translates as bluer than indigo. If you think about the color indigo, it is a brilliant, deep, and vibrant blue, what some would call the bluest of blues. To have something that is bluer than indigo is rare and truly remarkable. Contrary to popular myth, there is no one-size-fits-all or cookie-cutter approach to effective leadership. There is no silver bullet, no secret sauce, no go-to model that will solve all of your problems. The truth is, great leaders have all had their unique strengths and flaws, and have all had to discover and then pave their own distinctive path in their life's journey to fulfill their leadership potential. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership will help you discover your own path and explore those ordinary, everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. The, the bias issue, it's, it's a big concern. And, and you know, I, I've talked to, to people about AI-driven tools and hiring previously on the podcast. And what always comes up, and it's a caveat that needs to be said, and you've kind of already alluded to it, is that there, there's bias. There can be bias uh, anywhere, anytime, right? And the same thing with AI. If you, if you are using AI to, for facial recognition, voice recognition, those sorts of things, um, you know, there, there can be bias that comes into it. And depending on how the AI is trained, uh, there can be, you know, systemic bias that perpetuates. And so we have to be careful of all of that. Uh, and that's one of the reasons why, you know, what you just said a few minutes ago was really important. You actually check measures of bias. You compare the, the AI scoring versus uh, mm -hmm. traditional human scoring. So you can at least monitor that, make sure that there's not some inadvertent, unintentional type of uh, bias that's that's playing out and how people are being selected. Yeah, that's right. And you know, I think the the idea of monitoring is so so important. Um, it used to be the case that you could develop an assessment for hiring and uh, validate it once, and then have a thick test manual that would stand the test of time. You know, and five years later, somebody challenges the assessment, and you just show them the test manual, you're good to go. Right. Um, and I don't think that that is the, the best model anymore. You know, the best model is continual analysis of data and monitoring to make sure that there is no bias and that bias doesn't develop over time. Because as the demographics of the applicant pool change, you know, the results of your system can change, too. And even if you had a tool that was shown to be bias-free at one point, it doesn't mean it will remain so. And then the other aspect of AI is that, you know, some AI systems are learning over time and evolving as they get more data. And when that happens, you have to be even more careful because, you know, it's a, as a predictive engine that is designed to predict outcomes, it'll use whatever information it can. And a lot of times that information may end up having some unknown bias in it that wasn't apparent. So, you know, continual monitoring is, I think, increasingly the name of the game. And I hope that we see more and more of that. I know we're certainly working towards it. Um, monitor everything all the time. And anytime you see a statement like a tool is bias free or zero bias, um, that should send up a red flag because there is no, there is no, you know, zero bias. Um, and like you alluded to as well, I mean, you know, as humans, we're all biased and, um, uh, you know, not to say necessarily like we're all racist or, you know, actively, um, you know, disparaging of other groups, but unconsciously there's bias 
And I think of it as, um, you know, it's turtles all the way down, no matter how deep you go, there's, it's, you uncover different levels of bias and you can keep uncovering it and ferreting it out. And that's what's so cool about big data and AI is that it allows us to do that. It allows us to go deeper and to find bias and to get rid of it in ways that, you know, we couldn't do a few years ago. I think this, um, the AI component makes, makes the recruitment hiring process easier. Uh, it streamlines it a bit. And this is the same conversation we're having with automation using AI and machine learning in other areas of the world of work, right? Like displacement of, of tasks and even jobs, even whole professions over time. Mm-hmm. Um, but what, what you articulated just reminds me, and it's a point that needs to be made and remade over and over again so people don't just jump on the, the anti-AI train too quickly, uh, is that it produces, it while it streamlines certain things, uh, it produces and creates new opportunities for new types of roles, new types of jobs. And so, like you said, there's always going to need, be a need for data scientists to monitor the AI uh, to, to ensure over time. And then that monitoring needs to happen on a more continual basis. That means there needs to be highly trained individuals to be able to do that work. And, and so you're replacing certain more tedious types of work with more skilled work. Uh, that's actually a win over time, I think, as long as we can upskill and reskill the labor force so they're ready to take on those types of roles. And so this is just one little example, but there's, I mean, multiply across all the different applications of how AI or machine learning can enhance, um, you know, the world of work. And there's going to be other opportunities like that where, where jobs that didn't even really exist five years ago uh, or don't exist now, you know, in five, 10, 20 years from now, they're going to be huge. They're going to be really important. Um, and so that's just another thing I think it's, it's worth highlighting as we're going through this, this conversation. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that idea of sort of controlling AI. You know, I think of it as harnessing AI a lot. It's like AI is this massive beast. You know, it's the, it's, it's, it's been said, um, Sundar Pichai from, uh, from Google said, or Alphabet said that, you know, it's the, um, most powerful technology, um, maybe more so than fire, you know, to the to um, to human history. Uh, it's insanely powerful and capable. Um, you know, I think did I say Google? Was he Google or Microsoft? I might have got that wrong. But um, you know, so that technology is there, and it's it's sort of you know pervasive in our lives, but in a way that um, isn't apparent to everybody, and so it's sort of seeping in. And the power of it, I think, is not always apparent to, to normal people. And so we tend not to pay it enough mind. But harnessing it is massively important. You know, I think of AI as like a bucking bronco. It's powerful and wild and, you know, um, and amazing and awesome. Um, but we need to control it and guide it. Otherwise, it will eventually, you know, start to dehumanize our world more and already you see things like uh, there's a there's a term called algocratic orchestration, which is you know the idea that AI will increasingly govern the work we do and tell us what work to do and help structure that work. And um, you know I don't particularly want to be orchestrated by an algorithm myself. Um, you know so that that type of thing is on the horizon, and we need to be thinking about it and working to control it. I mean. Ultimately, AI should be harnessed to improve the human condition, not to usurp it, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well said. 
Um, so in our last few minutes, anything else you would like to highlight from the report in terms of hiring trends or that you would like to highlight in terms of the biggest developments and advantages of AI and hiring moving forward? You know, I think that there's tons of benefit to AI as we've talked about. One of the things that I think is important for companies to recognize is that it's not a cure-all, it's not magic, it's just advanced statistical capability. And, you know, AI tools don't solve all the problems of the world. And really, we need to focus less on whether something has AI in it and more just on the effectiveness of the tool and the process. And so, um, you know, when I talk to uh, companies, I talk about that, you know, think about the overall flow of your hiring process. Think about, um, you know, in Modern Hire, we talk about the four E's. Um, which are sort of our way of highlighting the full range of things that companies should be aware of when they're implementing hiring. Um, effectiveness, efficiency, uh, engagement candidate and recruiter engagement, and um, you know, uh, ethics, fairness. Um, so all those things are super important. And when a solution only gets at one or two of those E's, it's not good enough, you know? So you've got to think about the full gamut. And I think that increasingly we see companies looking to do that and to understand how AI and automated tools, virtualization can have a fundamental impact on their hiring rather than just being a Band-Aid in one place or another. Um, so I think that's that's sort of key for companies in the new um, you know, pandemic and in the AI age is re-examining process in a fundamental way and making sure all the tools that they have are aligned to create all four of those E's, not just one or two of them. Yeah, yeah, I really like that. Well, Eric, it has been a pleasure. I know at the time I'm going to have to let you go here in a minute, but before we close, I wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can find out more about you, find the where they can find the report, what they can do right. to connect with you and your team if they're interested in exploring this more, and then give us a final word on the topic for today. Okay, so um, yeah, in terms of contacting us, you know, modernhire.com is our website. Um, uh, feel free to go out there. There's plenty of resources, white papers and things, uh, many of which myself and other members of our site team um, have authored. Um, and we love interaction. So, you know, ping us on Twitter, on LinkedIn, um, wherever. Love to hear from you. Um, we also, I will mention, have a book uh, coming out on March 15th. It'll be released and it's called Decoding Talent. And it presents a view, a vision really, of the future of how AI can best impact um, talent management decisions and uh, sort of a revolutionary big picture view of what it can do. Um, for talent management decisions um, being published by Fast Company. So we're really excited about that. And now you need a last word, huh? No pressure. <laughs> uh, should it be lunch? It seems like it's lunchtime. It's about um, lunchtime. Yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> that sounds good. Thanks, Eric. It's been a pleasure. I really encourage listeners to reach out, get connected, check out the report in all of its uh, detail. Um, really great stuff there. I really appreciate you taking the time. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership, ordinary everyday actions that produce extraordinary results. 
Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years. With increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition, the average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Check out Human Capital Innovations magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.